You are listening to the Corona Diaries, brought to you by Allegra. For more information, please visit allegralaboratory.net. Hello everyone, this is Panagiotta from Barcelona, reporting for the Corona Diaries of the Allegra Lab. We're still here in confinement fully. Uh, we're not allowed to go out um, in the city at all. And the truth is, I am starting to get used to this. And I don't know if I am more upset and angry with the fact that I'm starting to get used to it or with the situation in itself. And I'm saying this because, um, of course, people start to build routines around um, around the new rules that this has posed um, to our lives. But uh, in by no means I would like to accommodate myself feeling um, anything near normal. Uh, isolated in my apartment uh, with only my very, very, very close family um, with me um, and everybody else um, that I connect with being through a device. This is not a reality that I want to see um, taking over my, uh, let's say, my habitual self. And today again, I want to talk about kids. You might have noticed that this is a bit of a recurrent theme in these uh, diaries of mine but you know kids in Spain have not left their homes for more than a month now. The regional authority of Catalonia, the Generalitat, is now considering to allow kids um, to spend some time outdoors in 10 days from today. And our mayor Ada Colau has shared in her Facebook page um, a very personal confession and a plea for the national government to change the, the regulations and to um, adjust these emergency measures um, accordingly to consider more of children's needs during this time. So she was, um, she was saying how her nine-year-old and three-year-old kids are struggling to manage with this situation. Um, one being able to elaborate more his frustration, but uh, the other one showing, uh, showing his, um, his frustration through his behaviors. I am not surprised, of course, by, by what she said, um, as I've been experiencing it myself with my own kid, but also with um, so many other families uh, whom I've been talking to this time. Of course, this is not to say that we don't understand the reasons behind these measures. But considering that people are allowed to walk their dogs and they do it multiple times a day, unnecessarily a lot of times a day, not all of them, of course, but um, there are people who are wandering around for no specific reason. And there's a lot of people who um, obviously uh, circulate for grocery shopping and the necessities. So within those uh, margins, I think um, we are all looking very forward to the government showing some trust to kids and parents who have made such tremendous effort uh, as far as now to keep their kids at home, um, especially those families that live in small apartments without uh, an open an open space, a backyard, a big balcony, or anything of the sort. Um, these are the families that need this the most and need to be considered because they are also um, the most uh, vulnerable socioeconomically. Um, perhaps also some of the more marginalized families uh, live in these conditions. I think it takes uh, an especially adult and family-centric society to not pay enough attention to how huge this challenge is 
you know, both for kids to understand and accept such a massive disruption of their daily habits and of their access to open space, natural space and fresh air. Um, and it is also kind of ignoring the fact that many families are um, problematic in a very serious way, that the nuclear family is not the model um, for everybody. And, and even if it is, it's not functioning always, um, you know, in this idealized kind of uh, way that that Hollywood movies might sell it to us or uh, religion might sell it to us or um, the, the whole construction of, of society might sell it to us. And this is important for people who are experiencing uh, violence of many kinds in their homes at this moment. Um, women that have to uh, deal with domestic violence on their own right now without their support networks with more fear, um, kids that might have to deal with abusive parents, um, kids that might have to deal with rejection of who they are and of their identities, uh, teenagers that are stuck home with parents that might not be understanding to um, their choices and their um, the, the, the changes that they're undergoing. So there's a whole spectrum of issues, very important issues also for health and for the health of, of, those, of, those, um, of those vulnerable groups that we are now keeping at home without any um, allowed outlet. In these terms, we shouldn't forget, I think, that there are families that are not defined by the four walls of an apartment um, or a house. There are families that are defined by spending time together and meeting every day in the same squares, um, in the same parks, in the same schools. For some parents and for their kids, it is the outside of the door that offers support and resources, networking and happiness, and not the inside of the door. So um, obviously we can't ignore that there's a public health emergency, but I think that these issues have been um, just as much as they were under the carpet before, even more now um, ignored and considered as secondary or even, you know, uh, down the list of, of things that we need to think about um, right now and address. I also wanted to stress how a lot of um, the measures that are being implemented, not just here in Spain, but everywhere, are based in relative uncertainty. And of course, we don't know much about this disease and we need to act fast. However, I think that um, certain things have been compromised in this process. One of these things are children's rights exactly because they have no voice and very little agency um, in these times and what's going on. Their parents can talk uh, on their behalf, but um, in many situations they are not, you know, they might feel guilt to, to speak about um, these things in front of a larger, um, you know, life-threatening uh, situation. But I think it's, 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 it's important to consider that um, if we look at, at scientific findings, um, as many as they have produced until now, uh, we will find that there is a large, um, a large portion of uncertainty. And for example, there has been a, a scientific article published in the journal The Lancet, uh, Children or Child and Adolescent Health, I think it was, which did a systematic review of the literature on the 
effect on the effectiveness of school closure at times of epidemics such as COVID-19 and including COVID-19. And they found that um, school closure would not affect, would not prevent more than 2 to 4% of deaths. And that actually um, other types of social distancing, less disruptive measures of social distancing uh, should and could be, could and should be considered um, for, for children especially. Um, and particularly when these types of measures have to be implemented for long periods of time. Having said that, there is another aspect that um, in general people don't dare to talk about because the distinction between you know experts and 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 common people, citizens, um, and the knowledge that they carry is uh, is very very clear during such times of um, public health emergency. So you wouldn't dare um, at the moment consider that you know better than. A public health expert, right? However, um, the truth is that, as 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 is always the case in any kind of science and any any kind of uh, um, knowledge, there is the expert opinion, there is the scientific uh, evidence, but there's also the um, the knowledge carried by those who are experiencing a problem or a situation or a, a phenomenon that is being studied. So in that case, I think um, I think there should be more channels and ways of gathering that knowledge and gathering those experiences in a systematic and organized way to inform policy, to inform the decisions that are being taken at the moment that are affecting everybody. Um, and this is not only um, in order to grasp what we're doing wrong and who is being mostly affected and how we can you know, be more efficient in addressing um, the negative impacts, the multiple kinds of negative impacts that people um, are experiencing at the moment, but also to see what kind of positive, um, you know, what kind of uh, new things, what kind of innovations can come out, what kind of really useful um, know-how can emerge if you open the sphere of expertise and um, and, and link it to um, to lay knowledge, to everyday knowledge, to, to people's people's knowledge. Thank you very much for listening.